Hello, and welcome to the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. Each episode, we talk about a particular topic in the life of a professor. We are tenure-track faculty members in the sciences, working at a primarily undergraduate university in California. The purpose of our podcast is reflection, so we bring something we think is working and something we're working on to discuss. Welcome to the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. I'm Ruth. And I'm Claire. And today we're talking about student assistance. But first, Ruth, how was your week? My week was good. I am definitely the students are getting to sort of experience more of my children than I would like them to (laughs) at the moment. So it's definitely we've had a lot of conversations where, you know, I've really tried to explain that unlike maybe their classes, I can't be on mute when I'm teaching because I am the teacher and really made a lot of, yeah, (laughs) we've made some breakthroughs and they were like, hey, what if we make a sign? And I was like, great. And they made a sign like, you can come in or you can't come in. Oh, that's awesome. Good idea. Awesome. So good. But I had the sign up saying, no, you can't come in. (laughs) And my eldest came in to ask me out loud, had I left a poo in the toilet, which was not something, I, I, just to be clear, it was not me. And the guilty culprit is always her younger sister. So I have no idea why that was a thing. And afterwards, I was like, was that really? Because we have this sort of joke, like if anything is on fire, you can absolutely come in. I was like, oh, that's good. That wasn't being on fire. She was like, well, I needed to know. And I was like, wow. So there's no, there's literally, my dignity is in the toilet along with that mysterious poo and whoever left it there, which was not me. So it was an urgent matter that had to be resolved immediately. Apparently, apparently. And so not all the students heard it, but a few of them. And luckily we do have really nice students. Mm -hmm. So the ones who heard were definitely laughing in very, um, like, compassionate way like they weren't you know what I mean. uh-huh. so yeah well I think it is really um endearing or like you get more of a connection when those kind of things happen and I can see that you might not have wanted such a connection but I think it's probably not. <laughs> I think maybe yes not about that particular subject <laughs> yeah. matter but yeah 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 so yeah I will be glad to not have them visiting my home life as much I mean the students not my kids but um yeah <laughs> Yeah, and it is confusing oh, for them because sometimes I'm on meetings and I am on mute and they can come in right. and ask sure. me something. And That's a good point. Yeah, so there yeah needs but the fail-safes failed. It's like the big recording button in the radio, like we are on air right now, there's a light on, you can't come in the door right now. Um, but I guess, yeah, sometimes you don't But you know, like, because I, I kind of, I don't fully close the door either because mm. I still want to be able to like if something is on fire or right because I know like one of them could chop their leg off and be like well you said not to come in or something so I'm trying to like take care of all eventualities but we need to add to the list of things that you should not come in and say yeah is questions mm-hmm. about the toilet anywho how was your week hopefully with less less embarrassing situations oh man well that's hilarious um so let's see I decided not to apply for a grant uh, which is funny because oh. the last you heard I had decided to apply for the okay. grant okay <laughs> but um but yeah, I spent like a couple of weeks being like, okay, I'm applying for this grant. And then eventually I was like, no, actually, there's other things, other research things that are higher priority and there's only so much time. And so I prefer to spend it on some of my already funded projects that I'm really excited about and save these ideas for a future award. Dude, so, this makes yeah. me so happy for you. Oh, thank and I you. also like I want to do an episode on this, like not like I'm thinking quitting, but not quitting, but like 
to not do something is a great thing. Like just because something is there, it doesn't mean you have to do it. Right. And 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 I really wanted to decide, you know, it's not due till July. So there is time still, but it was ticking away and I wasn't really making much progress. And I didn't really want to rearrange my priorities to make that be the thing that I was making progress on. Can you imagine how miserable your summer could have been? Right. Like seriously. Yeah, I think I saw something on some something, something on something. It's not a lot of information, but it was someone telling some story about how they work for a recruiting agent Mm -hmm. and they this guy got a job and then he turned it down Mm. and she was just like, why? Like, and he was like, I'm happy. I feel successful where I am. And she was like, but you're not at the top of your company. And Mm -hmm. it's like you don't always have to keep climbing to the next thing. Like, or you don't always have to. Yeah, like neglect your current projects to try and get another one. Totally. Or, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was the thing was there was there's things that I really do think I want to do instead for my current projects that I would have had to postpone or squeeze into not fitting spaces to, to make it all happen. So, dude, I love an this. essentialism moment. It is. And like, I think, you know, this sounds weird, but I think it's especially powerful coming from you because you have been really successful with grants. So, you know... Like, it is very much a choice, and it's an important choice that people should think about making. Totally. Like, you don't always have to go for everything. Yeah. And I I think that, yeah, that is part of it, because I was like, but I want to get this one, too. And then I was like, well, let's, there will be future things. I can do future things. It doesn't have to be this one, you know? Right. Right. And there is like, I'm not saying marketing, but there always is these things where it's like, oh, no, but this grant you can only get for exactly. this until this date. or And it know, was one of those. This is the last right. moment to get this. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's like a, a sale or something. Like It's just like, <laughs> do you really want that pair of trousers? Yeah, totally. If you, you know, yeah. So that's wonderful. I am so excited for you. Oh, thank you. Yes, I me think that's too. a great decision. Um, so I have a quote. Okay, us. do tell. It's another Jen Sincero quote, because I just love her. Uh, just oh, as a cool. reminder, in case anyone doesn't remember me saying this in the past. She wrote, you are a badass. How to stop doubting your greatness and living an awesome life. Wonderful. And, and I uh, feel like that even that title ties into what you just decided. Totally. Because, totally. like, you don't need to... Yeah, anyway, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... What other people think about you has nothing to do with you and everything to do with them. The trick is not only to deny the criticism any power over you, but even more challenging, not to get caught up in the praise. There's nothing wrong with blushingly accepting a compliment, but if you find yourself always seeking outside approval that you're good enough or cool enough or talented enough or worthy enough, you're screwed. Because if you base your self-worth on what everyone else thinks of you, You hand over all your power to other people and become dependent on a source outside yourself for validation. Then you wind up chasing after something you have no control over, and should that something suddenly place its focus somewhere else or change its mind and decide you're no longer very interesting, you end up with a full-blown identity crisis. All that matters is what's true for you, and if you can stay connected to that without straying, you will be a mighty superhero. Oh my god, I'm really struggling to not swear at this because wow, that's so powerful. And I mean, it's something. It's just so much what I struggle with. And but I also like the best advice I ever got from a professor was mm-hmm. along those lines. Mm. And it was like take both criticism and praise with a totally. grain of salt. And the criticism ones is like, oh yeah, of course, totally. Then, yeah, I'm down with that. <laughs> yeah, but right. then the and praise, I, I know. Right, and totally. it's like. 
yeah, everybody has their own story about, yeah. you know, whatever they're offering you. It's it's we take these things as if it's this sort of all knowing voice from on high mm-hmm. instead of like just some random person with an opinion that who knows how they got it. So, yeah. yeah. And I hadn't really thought. I mean, it just really resonated with me. The idea of if if the praise becomes important, then so does the criticism. You know, they oh, all go totally. and, and, and you don't want either of those to be important, actually, because it should all be about what you want to do and what you believe is right. So I just right. really like that. Oh, I love it. Love it. OK, cool. OK, student assistance. Student so assistance. Yes. Should we sort of define what we mean about that? Yes. Yeah, so what kind of assistance have we had? What have you had? Let's start with that. What? Yeah. So um, so we only have undergraduate assistance because mm-hmm. um, that's all we have in where we are. And I have had both research and teaching assistance. Cool. Cool. And your teaching assistants, what do they do for you? So they are like, I have some who are through the tutoring center. Mm -hmm. And this is a new thing that actually happened with being online because the tutoring center was not getting enough traffic. Mm -hmm. So they started doing embedded tutors in the class. And so so they come to Zoom. mm -hmm. They come to your class on Mm -hmm. Zoom. Cool. And they're sort of dedicated to Physics 109 for the semester. So they're very, you know, because that's something students say all the time. And some of it, I don't know if it's totally true, but when they go to the tutoring center, like, oh, but they don't know how to do it the way you do it. Or like they've done physics, but it isn't using whatever, you know. Totally. No, I think it is really helpful if they see exactly what you're going for, um, what you've emphasized, what you're covering right now. It makes a lot of sense that that would be helpful for the best tutor experience. Right. And these people are just amazing they're so awesome and they kind of come around the breakout rooms with me or we kind of all go in a loop that's awesome chasing each other around the breakout (laughs) rooms and they um help students and I this is a bit weird to say this but I trust them absolutely Uh so I feel totally comfortable giving them all the homework solutions and all of the activity solutions and I don't mean like someone would you know but I can imagine I certainly was that person back myself in the day in grad school where you're just frazzled and you're like, look, here's how to do the problem. Mm-hmm. And, you know, tell that like rather than and actually sometimes still as a professor, I do that. But like <laughs> they're awesome at being very what do you think it is? And like totally. doing the actual real scaffolding through the problem and making sure cool they do cool. it. So they do awesome. That's that. great. Yeah. So I've had undergraduate student assistants for classes as well, but mine are always focused on the lab side. And so yeah. they help me prepare for lab um, so usually it involves getting chemicals out, getting waste containers out, making sure that our water containers full, those kind of things, but then also um, testing our instruments and making sure that they're working and nothing went wrong since the last time we used them and that kind of thing. So they're less involved with the students in the class and more involved mm. with helping me get the lab working for everybody. Dude, um, and I, sometimes I just can't even cope with what you must have to do in that. <laughs> like it's just so many things and then they're dangerous as well like that's the thing it's one thing if it was just so many things but well luckily the fact that it could be dangerous is- i have control over them so i do like recently i did say well we're not going to do this manganese chromium lab anymore those chemicals are too dangerous let's do nickel okay. cobalt instead and you know so 
There is I have a memory of that. using like hydrogen fluoride in undergraduate oh. and it still haunts me. Like it still freaks me out. Yeah, I don't. I cut that from my analytical method for my research, even though it helps get good results because I don't feel like dealing with hydrofluoric acid. Yeah, no, I mean, I just don't want to have that on my conscience as <laughs> a student. It's like, yeah, anyway. Um, yes, cool. Okay. And have you ever had anyone for research? Because did you have students who were like um, doing kind of education research with you? Oh, that's true. Yeah, I mean, so I, I do all have undergraduate students working with me in research all the time. Um, I hadn't really thought of them as student assistants, but I guess they are. Um, but yes, I did have some students who worked with me last summer helped with an educational side of a grant that we have um, developing assignments to cool. scaffold students feeling confident in the material. So yes, they helped me with making assignments as well. That's totally Awesome. And mm -hmm. yeah, I've also had a research student too. And so how did that who, work? That was amazing because she was someone who was just a phenomenal researcher mm -hmm. and she graduated and I had a little bit of money left over. Mm -hmm. And I had a whole bunch of students who would really have like really, really wanted to do research this semester and would really benefit from it mm -hmm. in terms of maybe like applying for REUs in grad school and stuff. So I kind of, I didn't have the sort of mental energy to do it and to sort of really give it all it needed to get. So mm -hmm. then I thought like I hired her and she's been kind of doing a lot, like all of the administration, like nothing cool. has ever run so smoothly in my wow. research group. So she has been amazing and That's like prepares awesome. the slideshow for each week where each student will go and like update their slides. That she is makes them, awesome. Yes, it's really awesome. It's really, really awesome. And somehow... We managed to submit two posters. Cool. Like, well, thanks to her, basically. So, well, yeah. that sounds like so a that great was cool. success story of students. So wait, I want to hear more. What do you mean update their slides? So I have them like when we have our weekly meetings, they have to have a slide. Okay. With like what they did. Mm -hmm. And so she would make the kind of Google slides for that week and each slide had a name on it. And then she would have some fun thing at the end, like that's everybody awesome. share their favorite animal or something like that. So see, that's the kind of fun thing that can come. Well, organized, fun, successful thing that can happen when you have a great student assistant. That, oh man. Yeah. I wouldn't think to put a fun slide at the end of what's your favorite animal, oh. but of course we want, I mean, that sounds fun. Dude, I never thought that? of making the slides uh, in the first <laughs> yeah. case, but she, she would email them every week three days before the meeting like uh -huh. don't forget to do your slides here's the link and you know she had office hours for people who had coding questions and wow you know as yeah that awesome. was really great it was really really great and what a, a great experience for her and for the students and it made things easier for you I mean it's just win 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 all around I love it yeah like I think I kind of had a bit of guilt about the whole thing because I've been like... It sounds like is... a phenomenal success story. I don't know. Right. No. So, and I think, I think that's the thing, right? Like I could not have had a research group that size this semester mm -hmm. just with everything that's going on. So I guess it is, it is a win. I think so. Yeah. I mean, and imagine for her experience, it's going to be awesome. I mean, that's, right. and that's phenomenal. So yeah, I think she's it's great. Good. Okay. So are we doing, so will we do our working? Because <laughs> yeah, I feel okay, like we're sure. in the middle of our working, but. So why I, don't you start with what's working for you since we're kind of on that already? Yeah, I think like it, it is working for me. So I think it's so helpful. So, so helpful. I think what has been really helpful for me is, I guess I've been very lucky or picky. I don't know. I can't really, <laughs> about who I have. That's and so, so they are just so, like all of the people I've had 
in the classroom I've taught, which mm-hmm. is just, it's not that I would not pick anyone, but like I know them and mm-hmm. I know, you know, how they are. And then again, just being able to trust people totally and being like, here's actually what the exam's going to look like. So, you know, you know, like just mm-hmm. being able to fully know that they would never share that or mm-hmm. kind of even give away too much information. So they're just having, I think being choosy about mm-hmm. who you get is important. I think, um, that's really working. And then just actually the research thing is like an experiment this mm-hmm. year. Um, I'm not sure if I can afford it in the future, but it has <laughs> been really, really, really cool. That and I wonder, awesome. mm-hmm. okay, here's the question. Maybe this is more in the working on. Like, okay, not to that extent. That's what she's been doing. But do you think it could be valuable experience for one of your research students to say, okay, I want you to be the lead person? I think so. Who's kind you know, of, I've kind of done that sometimes. If there's like three of them working on one project, I'm like, okay, you're taking more units, so you're the leader. And mm-hmm. you're just going to be in charge of making sure we're staying on track and get going to finish by the end or whatever. I think, I think that can work. Right, because I could imagine you would write specifically to that in their letter of recommendation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, like, that's demonstrating leadership stuff. So, yeah. So, I think... The things that are working for me is having student assistance. And I feel like every time anyone is like, so like when the tutoring center was like, we're thinking about having it. I'm like, I'll take five, please. Like as many as you can give me. And so they were like, oh, wow, calm down. Like I'm just like, sign me up. I want all the student assistance uh-huh. all the time. And That's so awesome. like I actually have three this semester mm-hmm. from my class because of like for various reasons. But um, yeah, I love it. That sounds great. great. So, so what you said being really choosy. What attributes are you looking for in your choosiness? Yeah, I think it's really, really important for both any research or anything. Like you don't want that person who perhaps was incredibly successful grade wise, but maybe is not personable or okay. sort of um, a reassuring instructor, you know, like you definitely do not want someone who's a show off and it's just like stand back and watch me do this great physics problem like that is not what we're looking for and I mm-hmm. think part of the luck is the ch- tutoring center does so much work mm-hmm. training students and they really seem selective mm-hmm. so I think that is really really helpful what about for research you know. is it similar or I think it's the same thing I think somebody just being like you know I haven't encountered it that much but I've definitely seen students who like who haven't necessarily worked with me but I'm like that would be the worst person to teach other people how to do stuff you Mm -hmm. know and like a student shared with me they had an experience where um in a different place they had like they were in a research group and the main superstar coder guy was just like what is wrong with you like why can't you get this after Mm -hmm. like three weeks or you know just Again, he was obviously the megastar of the group and had all of the skills and teaching other people coding was definitely not one of his skills. So, Sure. Yeah. I mean, I could imagine like you might want that person in your group because they're mm. the superstar coder, totally. but you wouldn't want them to be in charge of teaching other people coding because that's not one of their skills. Um, right. And we actually have a superstar coder in the research group. Mm-hmm. We kind of joke he's like the IT department because we're just like, <laughs> and turning over to the IT department, what's going on over there? But And he is a super sweetheart, which is great. But I can Good. definitely imagine. So I think, yeah. Or someone who's that kind of scatterbrained person is not the person to lead things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so working yeah. to people's strengths, basically. Right. And I love, like, with... 
you know, and I was a bit more uptight. I have the same students this semester that I had last semester in mm-hmm. the classroom. So last semester we would do weekly updates and they would always reply with, you know, who came to tutoring or who do they think was struggling. And so that kind of stuff, just knowing that they were like on it and would mm-hmm. be responsive was mm-hmm. super helpful. Mm-hmm. I do not do well with radio silence mm-hmm. in between. So mm-hmm. totally. good communicators. That's so great. what about you? What works for you? Well, so so as I said, my student assistants are usually helping me prepare for the labs for my classes. And I really think it works well to have them test the instruments for me in advance because mm-hmm. um, that's exactly the kind of thing that there's probably not going to be an issue with the instrument because we used it last year and whatever. But when there is. But if there is, we need to know about it before the class happens. And um, it's perfect because they're doing basically the experiment that the students are going to do when the class does the experiment, the student assistant does it in advance, just make sure they get normal data. If something weird comes up, then I can come on the scene and try to figure it out. But otherwise, I don't really have to be involved. So it's great because they get independent experience on the instrument um, and preparing to use the instrument, making whatever solutions they need. I don't have to do anything. But if something does come up, I'm that. then I can help at that particular moment. So I just feel like it's really a perfect... I'm just super satisfied with them testing the instruments in advance um and usually they can work without my oversight i'll just give them some directions they'll swing by my office if they run into a problem or have a question um but yeah they get to work independently in the lab which i think is huge for them they get more instrument experience huge for them um and it really is helpful um for me and then also thinking about like you were saying what is a good match with the students interest and their skills you know like Mm. um matching them with a certain instrument. If they're really into biochemistry, then maybe I'll put them on an instrument that biochemists use. Or if they're really into software, then maybe they can work on the software issue. Um, Obviously, you know, we still have to fill all the water carboys in the lab, regardless of how interested anyone is in that. But um, but (laughs) if they're like, that just isn't my thing, water. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But yeah, some matching, I think, can be good for, for, for making it more relevant for them. Um, and equally valuable to me. So those are just some of my my thoughts on that. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Um, it's, yeah. So that kind of, are we, are we ready for me to segue into yes. my working on? Okay. Because it kind of, to piggyback on what you said, I don't do a good job with that. With which? Like part? matching oh, okay. people's interests to things. And I'm just like, I don't think I think enough about like, it almost being like I could see it being helpful to think of it almost as like this is a class they are taking mm-hmm. and this is going to teach them these skill sets like mm-hmm. I don't think I do that mm-hmm. and I wonder I mean partly that's because like everything is on fire at the moment and we're all just <laughs> running around like so there's a bit of that uh-huh. so I don't know I don't think I scaffold it enough and some of me saying being choosy is I don't want to like I right. just want people to sweep in and just do jobs that help me and so yeah, so I don't know. I think I try and justify it in my head with like, you know, especially I don't know about chemistry, but I think in physics it is quite relevant for grad school because you're going to be a teaching assistant mm-hmm. when you go there sense. to have that experience. So I kind of justify it that way, but I don't do anything where I'm like, oh, this person's really interested in this. I will hope to develop that uh-huh. skill for them. And so, yeah, well, I, I don't, don't know. know. I mean, it's always a balance, right? I mean, they are a student assistant hired to assist you and so that seems like the most important thing is that they are doing something helpful and then 
they are getting experience, even if it's filling the water carboys, you know? Right. Um, so it's just an added perk if it meets some of their interests. But on the other hand, maybe it's good for them to explore something that they're not as connected to already and they'll develop some more skills and interest by having to work on like I didn't even know that I liked teaching until I had to do it in grad school and I was like actually teaching school so you never know I don't think it's bad um if you don't match it up you know yeah yeah okay good I'm thanks for absolving my (laughs) questions because I'm like you know but yeah yeah Uh, I think also sometimes like you said um but there's a lot in maybe some of the mundane things mm-hmm. that they don't recognize, like say even filling up the water, right? I right. don't know why we keep coming back to that, but <laughs> like that's like a routine responsibility thing. And if you don't do it, that the labs aren't going to happen. Right. And so it is still, totally. do you have that? I mean, it's not sort of on the topic of student assistance, but sometimes with students wanting to do research mm-hmm. and they're like, I want to do, and you're like, yeah, no, that's, you have to do all this boring stuff also, mm-hmm. you know, so like, I think, yeah, maybe that's, this also involves that. Yeah, well, a student also told me one time that having been a student assistant for me in the lab, she really realized how much there was to preparing these labs and to getting oh. the instruments ready. And I felt like that was very important that she learned that you, you know, all the testing of the instruments is part of preparing for the lab and just to understand what goes into running the instruments besides just being there for the class. So I thought seeing the mundane can be very valuable. And like yeah, you say, joking. the skills of just filling the water bottle every time, you probably need to do something like that in whatever you do in the future. So that is helpful to remember to do it. Awesome. Yes. So tell me, what are you working on? Uh, so I'm working on telling them when they did something they shouldn't do in the future. Oh, God. Oh, God. Because no, <laughs> right now that. I just don't do that. Um, <laughs> well, I, I mean, I do it in a, in a very passive way. So if they spill powder on the balance or something like that, or they click a wrong button in the software and they overwrite the method, and they didn't even notice they did this. You know, I discovered this after they left. Um, I always think, like, should I tell them? And I kind of think I should. But what I do right now is just remember that they did that and wait for an opportunity to explain that here is where the brush is for when you spill stuff on the balance. Mm. Or like, oh, if you click this button, you'll overwrite the method, so be sure you don't do that. So I wait till there's an opportunity to explain it, but I never mention that they did it wrong to begin with, which I don't know if that's best or not. That's easiest in terms of not having social confrontations, but on the other hand, they need to know if they did something wrong, and it's really just me being a wimp, not wanting to tell them, so. Why can't we hire people to do social confrontations for us? Like, I cannot do it at all. Like, just someone who'd pop in and be like, dude, you left powder on the balance, don't do it. You'd be like, you know, okay. our stockroom lady is very nice, and whenever my students in general have made a mess of the balance room, she's like, do you want me to yell at them for you? Which is nice. But I feel like it should come from me, you know? Like, I'm the supervisor who's telling them what to do. And if I'm saying, oh, this is how you do it. I'm not sure what the best way to do it is, which is why I haven't done it more than my passive way of doing it. But I feel Can like you it just be a chicken me. and be like, you know, the stockroom lady was pretty frustrated that you left, like, you know, or something like that. Like, I don't mind because I'm your friend, but they mind. And so, yeah. No, I, I hear you. It's mm-hmm. so... I actually set a boundary with the student last week. Okay. And it wasn't like anyone, no one else would have any problem with this. And it was someone 
who just hasn't participated mm-hmm. in months. And I was just like, no, it's it's just not going to happen. You can't pass the class, you know. Right. And I felt so awful afterwards, even though it's like factually just the truth. Uh-huh. It's just so hard to do. It's hard to do. I like I like it when you do it as a factual thing. Like this is how it is. At this point, you're too far behind to mm-hmm. catch up. You know, it's not it's not anything about me. It's not anything about you. It's just the current situation is you're there's yeah. too many assignments you haven't done to finish in time. But how do you do that with like you messed up and you left stuff on the balance? What's the phrasing for that? I, I guess. <laughs> I mean, just well, factually, right? Like that could factually. mess up a subsequent measurement. Sure. Right? If and there was the powder next, on there. The next person doesn't know what the powder is. And that's why it becomes a problem. And also, I could, think, yeah. I think though, I think you're doing a, okay, here's, I'm just going to give you an X because I <laughs> okay, don't want you to have to do confrontation, but I think you're doing a generous thing, right? And you could say, let me go over the thing with you. And the first thing you need to do is sweep off the powder. And you would hope the person who used it before you has also done that. So you don't have mm. to do it. And then if they keep doing it after that, but I think you're giving, That's a good you're idea. being generous mm-hmm. and not being like, you moron, like, <laughs> why would you do such a thing? And I know there's a space in between mm-hmm. berating someone and, you know, so I think you're being really generous and I think you're being typical, thoughtful Claire in, you know, giving them the information explicitly. Mm-hmm. And then I think, and I think you are very good at keeping track of things. So if it happened again, then you'd be like, hey, bozo, don't <laughs> spill the powder. And maybe what I should take away too is to remember to show that in advance, you know, like I didn't think to show this person the broom thing beforehand. Um, so now I should remember to do yeah, that. maybe. I don't know. That might help at least. But yeah. Anyway, thanks for the reassurances. I'll keep working on that one. Yeah. I, well, I'm not any help at all. Sorry, because <laughs> I'm just a complete chicken. So yeah. But that's super cool. I think. Um, yeah. It actually, this was really helpful for me to have a bit of reflection about possibly also, you know, in the future, if I have newer student assistants, mm-hmm. like having a bit more of like a training plan totally, for them. Totally. And I think, you know, I've gotten quite comfortable with these ones and I haven't been maybe as managerial, if that's the right word. Yeah, know, yeah, so. totally. No, I know what you mean. I have one student who's gone kind of above and beyond and figured out that it'd be helpful if he opened the doors at the beginning of the day and stuff like that. And I was like, this is helpful. I should write this down as like a list of things that I should tell future people to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Excellent. Okay. So. Or we just never let those people leave. And we keep them forever. <laughs> you can't graduate. <laughs> Sorry, you're all trained. She's like, assistant. oh, they just keep failing my class. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thanks, Claire. That's awesome. Thank you, Ruth. Thanks so much for joining us on the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. We're delighted to have you as a listener and we would love to hear from you. And if you want to email us, our address is contactprofessorpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear any of your suggestions for future shows or professor quotes that you might want to share with us, or even just things that have come up for you when you were listening to previous episodes. And if you've been enjoying the podcast, we would love if you would spread the word. So the best way to spread word is by telling people, you know, if you think they should listen to it, or you can leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next time.